This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. This is the tailgate, our look ahead to the weekend in Sooner Athletics with a bit of a peek back. Coming up here in just a bit, here Pete Hughes postgame after the tough loss to Oklahoma State in Bedlam for Sooner Baseball. Oklahoma getting set for a showdown with Baylor coming up this weekend in the first road series of the season for the Sooners in Big 12 play. We'll have Kaylee Clifton swing by as Oklahoma looks to get back on track this week after a tough 4-3 road trip. In other words, they played seven games, won four, lost three. Maybe I could be more specific on that. But Friday night's a big one. Mississippi State will talk to CeCe about the sophomore campaign so far for the lifelong, uh, lifelong Sooner fan. And we'll wrap things up with some practice sound for those that have been living under a rock. Spring football is back. And the Sooners opened practice this week in the game plan. We had Bob Stoops' entire press conference for you. Today you'll hear from Lincoln Riley, Baker Mayfield, and Cody Ford, a little Mark Andrews, in there as well with their post-practice availability. But right now, let's take a quick moment to look back on Tuesday night. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam baseball. The Sooners were rallying. The 1-1 to Martinez, swung on, lined into center field. That's a base hit. Ware's going to be waved home, up with it. Sluter, throw to the plate, is cut off. He'll score, and it's 3-1. But in the end, of the Pokes get the win 4-3 in the first round of Bedlam. Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, caught up with Pete Hughes afterwards. Coach had guys on base uh, all night, had a good opportunity. Yeah, we did. You know, they were a little bit more opportunistic than we were. We had plenty of chances there. Then, you know, everyone wants to always look at the last inning. But, but again, we get our uh, free hole, four hole up there to, to tie the game up. And it was a good game. You know, we, we just got to do a better job with situational hitting. And I thought we gave away some runs there early, but they all add up in the end. Had a uh, nice performance, I thought, out of your bullpen tonight. Held a, gave your guys a chance. Yeah, Ryan Madden did a great job. And, um, you know, and, and Braden Fink came in and did a really good job. But yeah, we absolutely had a chance to claw our way back in that, and then the only way we, we had that opportunity is from a bullpen doing a really good job. Brady Lindsley, you put some faith in him, giving him a chance with the bases loaded. That was a great at-bat when he worked the walk. Yeah, it's a freshman. It's left-left. But, uh, you know, Brady, Brady does a good job for his left-handed pitching. I, I was comfortable with that, and it's good to see our young guys in big situations do a good job because they're going to have to do that here with a lot of baseball left this season. The Sooners will not play Oklahoma State again until Thursday, May 18th. That's the game that's up in Tulsa. Two games in Oklahoma City this season on Friday, May 19th and Saturday, May 20th. Oklahoma falls by a final score of 4-3 to three, and it is a huge weekend series for the Sooners against the Baylor Bears down in Waco. 6.35 on Friday night, 3.05 on Saturday afternoon, and then a high noon game on Sunday, Sooners back home next weekend for Texas Tech. We're home this weekend for Oklahoma softball as the Sooners will take on Mississippi State on Friday night. That's going to be at Marita Hines Field. And then the Sooners have two games at ASA Hall of Fame Stadium on Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening. Oklahoma will take on Louisiana Tech at 2.30 on Saturday, and then it's UAB at 5 o'clock on Saturday night 
The Sooners will return to Norman on Sunday morning to take on UAB at 11 a.m. It's all part of the College Preview Tournament. And to get you set, not only for the College Preview Tournament, but to look back on the start of the season for the Sooners, who sit at 24-7 and on the season, we caught up with standout Sooner second baseman Kaylee Clifton and just talked softball and the rigors of what's been a challenging early schedule for the Sooners. Um, as you said, like we probably aren't how we wanted to start off, but um, I think this is like a good learning experience. And, I mean, it's not about so much where we are right now in the season, where we are in the end mm-hmm. is what matters, but we're not focusing on that. We're just trying to get better and be better from like the day before. We're focusing on like the small things that we can change. I know that you're not about looking back and you're always about looking ahead and, and where this team can go. But is there some, some confidence that's gained CC from the fact that it's not as if this team was undefeated during the early part of last year? In other words, this team knows a thing or two about overcoming adversity, don't they? Yeah. Someone brought it up last season. We were like, we were just one game difference. Like we had won one more game last mm-hmm. year than we did at this time. Like it's very close. So that's something that we feel like, okay, like it's, we're going to lose games. It's going to happen. We can't like control that. I think it's good to just bounce back. I mean, it's nothing like huge that we're dwelling on. Like I said, I think we're taking it as a learning experience and hopefully like getting better as we go throughout here. That was quite a haul last week. I don't know if I've ever been a part of anything like that before, to leave on Monday and then to play the competition that you did. CC, did it, did it take a while physically and mentally to kind of recover from the, uh, the long road trip and playing that many games? And Again, I know you're used to it because you play travel ball. You went through the whole schedule last year. But it, it just seemed as if that was a, a little bit taxing on everyone last week. Um, it did feel like a kind of long weekend. <laughs> what was it, like five games? Yep. And five days but yeah it felt kind of tiring having to travel to California play the five games but I don't think that was anything that was hard for anyone like physically or mentally wise it's a tough team uh and and I love the personality of it and I think I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it but it's also a team to where I'm I know some people look at records and get upset see I'm not overly concerned I think everything's going to be fine with this team as time gets rolling this is going to be a big one on Friday night but part of the reason I think I have the confidence is how good you guys are defensively and it really seems to be a focus not just of this crew but of Patty Gasso's teams consistently year in and year out with that said can you take us through how much work goes in to the defensive side of softball daily with this team and how much you guys prepare to be a good defensive softball team? I just, like, Coach takes a lot of pride in her defense. And so defense is, like, a big part of what we work on every day. And it's the little things that you wouldn't think of is what we're, like, trying to perfect every day. And we always think of these different situations and put we put, like, our runners in different situations to like help the infield we put runners in different situations to help the outfield like we're doing all these little things that some people might not even think of that coaches like drilling and like 
trying to help us get better every single day with. What makes you such a patient hitter? You know, I, I asked your mom about this a while back, and it, I mean, you constantly have led the team in walks. I think you and Fale are battling for the hit-by-pitch lead, which is already in double figures somehow this season, which is incredible. But your mom had talked about it had always been something. Even when you were at Wayne, the guys would come and want to kind of work in the hitting cages and, and kind of batting cages, I guess I should say. What have you been able to attribute your ability to have such a good eye at the plate and be able to work counts and get walks? I don't really know where, like, the good eye came from. (laughs) But, I mean, I just – I'm good at being patient and waiting for – like, I'm not, like, in a huge hurry to, like, just swing at a bad pitch just to hit a ball. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm very patient, and I'm not, obviously, afraid to get hit by a pitch. So – some people will, like, get scared and, like, jump out of the way, and I just turn with it. If it hits me, it hits me, and that's a free base. So I'm just trying to find whatever way I can to get on base and help my team hopefully get something going. 11, though, CC. 11 hit-by-pitches this year. Were you, I, I know you're not a stat person, but 11 hit-by-pitches, 21 walks. That seems like that's a phenomenal number this early in the season, though. Yeah, I mean, I still have some bruises from... <laughs> The hit-by-pitches that happened two or three weeks ago, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> How do you not press, then? In other words, when you're at the plate and maybe – I mean, you're not struggling. You're hitting 376 right now, which is second on the team. Uh, I believe, as I look at the statue, lead the team in runs. You're one of the leaders in extra base hits. But, CeCe, how do you stay relaxed at the plate? Is there any kind of routine that you go through, or is it just your practice and the repetition in the cages that give you that confidence? Yeah, I think it's just the stuff that comes in practice, plus knowing that the coaches and, like, the team, like, what we focus on is, like, just go out there and do it. Like, don't don't press. We are trying to, like, let everyone know that, like, don't press. Like, just mm-hmm. go out there and have fun with it because once you take the fun out of softball, like, it's just it's – just, obviously, it's just not fun, and that's just not how it's supposed to be played. So we're just focusing on everyone just, like, playing free and, like, just having fun with it. And I think that – just like knowing that, like that helps everyone and myself included be more relaxed. Do you ever allow yourself, and I know you're only a sophomore, I know you're very young, to get nostalgic at times because for those that aren't familiar with your story and I was writing about you for Boyd Street Magazine. Yeah, you, know, you you went to camps whenever you were a youngster right across the street. You know, you 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 went to the OU camp. Your mom was showing us pictures of you from I think being as young as 9 years old going to the Sooner mm-hmm. softball camp. Do you ever allow yourself to kind of have those moments to where wow, that lifelong dream that I had of, of being a Sooner, it's 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 here. I mean, how that's got to be pretty rewarding, CC. Yeah, absolutely. I found those, well, my mom showed me those pictures the other day, and it's just crazy to think of, like, how how far I've come and how bad I wanted to come here. And, like, it's always a, been a dream of mine. And it, it really is surreal just to, like, be here and, like, playing and the outcome from last year. Like, nothing that I would have ever really thought would happen, like, happened. And that, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. And it's, like I said, it, it was always a dream of mine. So it, I just, I'm just grateful to be be here and everything like that. Hey, 
take me through, and there, there's all kinds of adjustments you've had to make in your career, but one I wasn't aware of, you were a high school shortstop. So what mm-hmm. kind of difference did that make for you having to move from the left side of the infield to the right side of the infield? Is that overblown? Was it much of a change? How has that kind of been for you now through two seasons? It was a little bit different at first just because my entire life since T-ball, I had played shortstop. So I was kind of used to like looking at the field from that side of the field in that angle um but whenever you get here you I will play anywhere coach Gasso wants me to play (laughs) (laughs) I mean literally wherever and so um I don't know if a lot of people remember but like me and Shay were battling for a second at the same time all throughout the fall we both made each other better we were fighting for like the same position and we still loved each other but it was like that's like what made I think both of us better and grow up a little bit especially in the fall of our freshman seasons it like made us like I said like grow up playing second base isn't I wouldn't say is like too much different from shortstop because it's still like a lot of range middle infield I just adjusted to it so can you take us through the feeling of a walk-off? You've done it a couple of times in your career. What a, The Grand Slam against Kansas last year, you had a walk-off earlier this season. Can you even can you even begin to describe, CeCe, what that emotion is like? I, I mean, I can't really explain, like, the feeling. It's just it's, it's rewarding to just get that for your team because, like, obviously everyone wants to, like, do that or, like, we want to win the game no matter mm-hmm. what. But it, it's just, like, rewarding to – do that. I mean, I don't care if it's a blue pit or a home run, like whatever it is. I think the feeling is the exact same, like whether it's a a blue pit or a home run, like just like getting the win and your team running out and like meeting you halfway. I mean, it's, I can't, I can't really explain the feeling, but it makes you feel good. I know that. Do you, and, and final thought before I let you run, I know, I know how important family is is, uh, is for you, CC. and obviously uh, your mom's at every single game, uh, your sister when she can make it. Uh, your brother's actually working, I believe, at, at Oklahoma now. Mm-hmm. But your sister playing at Seminole State College, if there's a struggle for her or there's a struggle for you, do you guys compare notes? Do you use kind of each other as a sounding board and whenever things might not be going your way? Um. Yeah. Chloe, she will um, – this happened not too long ago, actually. If something's, like, not going right or, like, we're going through a slump, she we literally, like, called each other and she FaceTimed me. And I sat my phone up, like, on my bed so she could see my full body. And, like, we did, like, dry swings. And, like, I showed her, like, some mechanic things. If one of us are, like, struggling, we will – we're there for each other to – I mean, be like, hey, you're good. You know what I mean? Like, or if you need some mechanical stuff. We're both there. So, I mean, and I like I like the fact that um, I do have, like, a sister playing softball. So it's, like, relatable, a lot of the things that we do. CeCe's great. CeCe is great. Kaylee Clifton, one of the stars of the Sooners. You can watch her this weekend. Get ticket information at Soonersports.com. And we like to wrap things up with a little football chat, shall we? It's spring ball, and the Sooners – have quite a few holes offensively, you can say, at skill position, replacing the all-time leading rusher in Sooner football history in Samaje Pirine, one of the more versatile and explosive backs in Joe Mixon, and the first-ever wide receiver 
to win the Bolitnikoff Award as an Oklahoma Sooner, Didi Westbrook, who, oh, by the way, was also a finalist for the Heisman. Lincoln Riley, though, front and center, ready to not only take on those challenges, but to be as explosive as his offense has been in year one and two. Yeah, and, yeah we just we want to do our part, you know, and we don't want to – we don't want there to be crutches, you know, regardless of, of, of who we lost or whatever. It's 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 restarting over, and it would be the kind of the same mentality even if we we brought everybody back. You know, you got to start over, you got to do it again. You can't carry over yards, points, all those things. And so, uh, you know, we're happy. You know, we're excited about what we've done the two years, but we'll be disappointed if that's as good as we get. When you lose guys like Piran and Mixon, does it does it really and Westbrook? Does it really feel like you only lost two returning starters? I mean, with how good they are. Or you, you only have you only have two holes on your offense, without. No, I mean, you, you know, you guys all look at it front like, well, we're just carrying over everything from last year. I mean, it's this is starting all new. I mean, this is, this is all from scratch again. I mean, because everything, you know, we're going to be different in a lot of positions. It's going to affect different things we do. The line will be asked to do different things. Baker will be asked to do different things. The receivers will be asked, and so I mean, it's. I, I like the pieces that we have here, and the fun part, like I said, is getting it all put together. So, you know, we don't look at it as carrying it year to year. This is a new year and a group, new group, and we've got to find a way to go move the ball and score points. I know Coach asked, was asked yesterday about the need to replace DD as a go-to receiver. What's kind of your take on if you need that or, or how that's going to pan out? Well, you just need guys that can win, you know, one-on-one situations and can make and can make plays. And uh, I, regardless if one guy, you know, has a huge year like he, like he did or it becomes more balanced, it really does doesn't matter. It's all about do you get the production or not. And so we're not sitting there saying we got to have some guy go exactly replicate what Didi did, but we need to get the same kind of production from whether it's one guy or five other guys. It's that's at the end of the day, it's still a point or a yard or a catch for the Sooners, and that's all we care about. How important is the spring just looking for backup quarterbacks and the competition there and Chris and his learning curve? How big is this? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, it's. Uh, it's nice having you know Kyler out here and able to, to fully compete. Um, you know, nice having Austin back and and you know he he was a little uh, a little dinged up physically, nothing serious, but just some little just you know freshman bumps and bruises, I guess we'll call it. And so it's nice to have him back healthy. And then yeah, and then Chris and Tanner Schaefer. I mean, mm-hmm. a bunch of those guys. So yeah, it's we're we're trying to get a lot of reps, trying to trying to kind of figure out what we got there. Um, I feel like it's the most talented and most deep though uh, quarterback room that we've had. This. Where's Rodney Anderson at physically for you guys this week? Shoot, he's a freak. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's he's one of the most gifted guys that we have. I mean, all the you know Schmidt's tests. I mean, he's. He's at the top or near the top of every test that we have. I mean, he's strong. He's fast. He's he's smart. He's I mean, he's every quality that you put down for a great running back or just a great football player. I mean, he he checks a lot of the boxes. So yeah, we're we're thrilled about where he's come. Um, I think he's getting ready to have a big year. It, it's weird. He's played in two games in his career, and he mm-hmm. looks like he's missed about two workouts in his career. Yeah, yeah. That's is that just a strange deal with him? Is no, I mean he's you know he's been able to do things. I mean he's had some injuries where where you know even when his you know his leg was hurt he could do some things upper body or you know as the, as his neck healed he was able to do some different things. So he's been able to work out and he's a guy that he's full speed. I mean he doesn't miss them and when they're away from here I promise you he's back home working out. I mean this guy takes no days off. So there's a reason he looks like that. With the there's depth- a reason we all look the way we do. Too, <laughs> right? With the depth you have at running back and offensive line, can you afford to be a little bit more physical this spring than maybe? in past years? Uh, 
or what you need to see out of those running backs before they get on the field? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's as much of a factor. I mean, it's it's you can get more team reps done. <laughs> that's a lot of times the either the O-line or D-line, you're thin there and can't do as many team reps. So we're able to split it up, get a ton of team reps, which will benefit those backs. What does it you feel read, like? You're so generous with uh, Mark Kyler said that he just – he was kind of overwhelmed how generous you guys have been about football and splitting it up. But talk about going the decisions going into that and because he'll miss a couple of practices yeah. so he can play baseball. Yeah, I mean, in the end, uh, A, when, when, when we recruited him, you know, we told him we would let him do it. And, if, and we told guys that if they – if they can handle it academically and, 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 you know, things like that don't start slipping, that, of course, we'll give people that opportunity. And uh, so, and, you know, Pete Hughes has been great to work with. We, he and I talked almost on a daily basis just to – there's a lot of logistics and, and figuring everything out. But we want him to be able to compete, you know, with our baseball team, especially in the most important games, um, in the conference games. And then we also want him to be here when he can. So I think we found a, a nice balance of it. And, uh, you know, he's, it's not going to change his reps. We're going to crank up his reps some on the offense days or on the, the days that he's here so that at the end of the day when you figure out how many reps each guy got in spring it shouldn't be any different he'll just have more when he's here what's your thoughts on the schedule you know going two weeks before spring break hit, or after spring break spring game and then going after the spring game what's your thoughts on the schedule? it's been good it's it's been good because of all the midterm guys you know that's yeah they needed that time they needed the full seven weeks with schmitty uh you know, we're able to meet them on a limited basis, which was good. You're able to catch them up a little bit so that it's not too messy out here the first day. You, I think when you start earlier with those guys, you're almost wasting time a little bit trying just to get them to a point where they can practice and learn. We're, we're a little bit further ahead because of buying those two weeks. So I think hopefully these practices will be more quality. So you did you feel like you guys were on schedule today? I mean, were you pretty happy with where they were at? Yeah, yeah. I thought our young guys mentally are, are – I mean, you could tell the difference between how we've done it this year and how we've done it in the past, definitely. And to have an explosive offense, you need a playmaking quarterback. Baker Mayfield's ready for the 2017 campaign. Uh, it's a good first day, you know, uh, about as first days go. There's a lot, of, a lot of mental errors, a lot of stuff, but, you know, competitive, that's what you can ask for. And so we, we had that today. So it, it was good to get back out here. Uh, you know, start competing again. And a welcome back to Cody Ford. After suffering a season-ending leg injury in the Ohio State game, Cody Ford is back and ready to not only add depth to the offensive line, but challenge for a starting spot. Cody, you kind of got your, your feet wet a little bit in the bowl prep. How much further along are you now than you were then? Uh, a lot further. Uh, I'm starting to move a lot better. I'm more, I guess you'd say, faster, I guess. And just I'm more comfortable with myself. What's it like with that group? Because it seems like it's about as deep as it's been around here in maybe a decade. Uh, all you guys, but what do you expect out of this spring? I expect a, a lot of great things to come since we're all pretty much older guys now. We've all been here. We know the system. We know what to do. We're taking Coach B's coaching every day, and we're just getting better and better. The competition is so intense. You guys have so many guys that have started and played. What do you think about it? I mean, that's – that's I mean, drive you every day, it? Yeah, it just pushes us more and more every day because we know we have competition, so the guy behind us can beat us out. So we're pushing to make sure that we stay in front of them, but we're also pushing them to make sure they try to beat us out. So there you have it, the tailgate, getting you ready for a busy weekend in Sooner Athletics. As always, thank you for downloading. You can find more episodes by searching Sooner Radio Network on iTunes or by going to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Everyone have a great weekend. Don't forget, we'll be back Sunday night into Monday morning with the Monday Morning Refresher. And Toby Rowland will rejoin us next week 
on the game plan. Until then, have a great weekend and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 